Today, we are going to discuss New Year's resolutions for the Detroit Tigers. All today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, December 29th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Alrighty, well, welcome back. Hope everyone has is having a fantastic week with uh, the holiday and all. And we're heading into the new year. This Monday, we will have, if everything goes according to plan, a New Year's Day episode. Uh, but... Going into this final weekend of 2023, I think that it was good timing to have a New Year's resolution-esque episode. And it's a little bit cheesy and cliche in uh, in title, but I do think that the discussions that are had are important to have and also is just a really fascinating conversation because I think everybody is going to have slightly different ideas of the biggest things that they want to see out of the Detroit Tigers in 2024, right? And it's a really fine line to walk, and I'm probably not going to walk it as well as I would like to between just like begging for things or asking for something that's not really in anyone's direct control. Also, I am not home, as you can see, and the lighting here is really not great. So I apologize for the harsh lighting on my already harsh face but um it's it's a really fine line to walk between me just coming on here and being like score more runs guys versus you know actually uh things that are in management's control or in the front office's control etc etc those are very different things right so uh, i want to try to make them as new year's resolution-y as possible if that's a verb and uh or i guess an adjective sure and i think that Again, I I think the list I have here, I I tried to walk that line. But again, it it is a fine one. And if I didn't walk it as well as I wanted to, uh, then I apologize. Just understand what I was going for. So uh, first off, and I'll say this again at the end, I want to hear all of y'all's ideas as well. What do you want to see out of the Tigers? What's a New Year's resolution for you uh, for the Detroit Tigers, rather, right? And uh, I think I'm going to start with just the remainder of the offseason specifically, okay? I think that there is still a move to be made for the Detroit Tigers here. Uh, and that that's where I'm going to start. My, my first New Year's resolution is for the Tigers to make another move before pitchers and catchers report and before spring training gets here, right? We got about, what, a month and a half, a little under two months until that happens, and I just I I really believe that there is still very much the flexibility on this roster to add someone else. Now, is that a free agent? Right? Is that uh, Imanaga? Right? The the guy that now that 
Yamamoto is off the board again to the Dodgers. The Dodgers, the rich get richer there. Um, is that somebody who is on the Tigers' radar, or are they really set with the starting pitching depth that they have? Are they all, you know what, we we have the pitching depth we want going into the season? We're good. Well, then, then make a trade for someone on offense. And we don't have to go down this rabbit hole again. We have I've talked about this a plethora, one of my favorite words, of times, right? Uh, we have talked about this a boatload. Uh, I, I feel like I bring it up nearly every episode at this point. I don't want to have a 15-minute discussion about this yet again. But I do think that just starting off, whether it's free agent, trade, etc., I think there is still plenty of flexibility and room on your roster to pull off another move, even if it's just one more before the season gets underway and before really spring training starts, because you're not going to see too many big moves happen after pitchers and catchers start reporting. Okay. So that's going to be my first one. My next one is going to be centered around Matt Veerling. I want to make this abundantly clear because I, 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 I get comments sometimes of people that think I pick on Matt Veerling a lot or that I, uh, I, I don't like Matt Veerling. It's absolutely not true. And I had a similar conversation when I first took over as host of this show, what, two and a half years ago now? Going on year three. And it that was around Tyler Alexander. For those long-time, long-time listeners, you will remember uh, my, uh, my, my consistent and frequent back and forth with the fan base about Tyler Alexander. I loved Tyler Alexander. I was a huge fan of his game. I was a huge fan of him being a reliever on this baseball team. I was adamant that he was not a starting pitcher. And my passion, (laughs) in my opinion, of him not being a starter, no matter the circumstances, uh, long-term at least, obviously if an injury happens and you need to throw him out there for a game, so be it. Um, really, I think for a lot of people came across as me, like not being a fan of him. And that just wasn't the case. Maybe that's my fault. Maybe that's interpretation's fault. doesn't really matter. I feel like the same thing is happening now with Matt Beerling. I have zero issue with Matt Beerling being a super utility player on this roster. I actually think he would legitimately be one of the better super utility players in the American league. I think that he would flourish in that role. He's a guy that can put the bat on the ball. He re- he has he has speed on the base paths. He can wreak havoc on the base paths, not necessarily with steals, which is uh, un- kind of fascinating to me that he's really fast and, and doesn't get a lot of steals, but can, can really apply pressure on the base paths, can play a boatload of different positions, right? He's played second base in Philly. We obviously know he's going to play third base this year, and he can play all three outfield spots. That's very valuable, right? And the profile at the plate is not bad. If he's even a slightly below league average hitter, according to OPS or WRC plus, and isn't striking out a lot and consistently putting the ball in play, then that that that's a that's a valuable super utility type of player. My issue with Matt Veerling is not something that is within Matt Veerling's control. My issue with Matt Veerling is how the organization utilizes Matt Veerling. He is not an everyday third baseman. He's not. He wasn't this past year. He's not going to be this upcoming year. So my New Year's resolution for the Tigers is that as an organization, 
they realize Matt Veerling's future role on this team. Really getting a clear picture of where he slides into the roster long term. That is that is a, a big one for me. Because he's going to be, barring again another move, he will be this team's third baseman early on in the season. He will. And I don't want a full season to go by. And then we go into 2025 and we're like, well, it's probably still just going to be Matt Veerling again. I have zero issue with the dude. Uh, I'm totally fine with the profile. I think that he can be valuable to this team. But I, I just, I have not seen anything from him yet in his Tigers tenure that gives me confidence that he is an everyday third baseman long-term. And if he goes out there and proves me wrong, then that is awesome. Because as I tell you all the time, I would rather be wrong and have it benefit the Detroit Tigers 11 times out of 10. I'm still a fan first. So we will see, but but Matt Veerling's role and uh, perception from this team is a big New Year's resolution for me as well. Okay, still got a lot more to go through. Let's uh, keep the ball rolling. We'll go. We'll go after. That's not really the phrase I was going for. We will discuss those right after this. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel right now. New customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. And there's a wide range of betting options, including player props, over-unders, and so much more. Okay, there's This is truly the best time of football season to get in on the action at FanDuel. There's uh, a great MVP race that's heating up. We have a ton of teams still in the playoff hunt. We have, obviously, fantasy football implications. It There truly isn't a better time. And on the basketball side of things as well, you can actually place a bet on whether the Pistons will win another basketball game this year or not. That is a real bet that is available. It's like plus 10,000 or 100,000 or something crazy. But that is a bet. You can actually bet no on the Pistons winning another game this year. So this is a great time to get in on the action. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off your NFL season as well. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Man, this lighting is really killing me, eh? Uh, appreciate y'all. Appreciate the everydayers for tuning in. We will obviously be back on Monday if everything goes according to plan. That is New Year's Day. Uh, we'll see what uh, my Sunday looks like. But regardless, you will get three episodes next week. Definitely Wednesday and Friday, just a matter of when that first one is. I think I'm going to still plan on Monday, though. So uh, that can be in the game plan for now. Um, yeah. Also, like just putting a bow on Veerling, I, I don't want to reiterate again. Like I, I, I'm fine with the profile and like the super utility. You can play in 120 games and be a super utility guy, right? You can play all three outfield positions, two different infield positions, and, and look around and 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 be you know play as many games as the everyday starters on your team. So I, I think he has a role in this team. I think he can add value to this team. Um, I just. There's a lot of things he would need to do in 2024 to get me on board for him being the third baseman of the future. That's all. 
And most of them are at the plate, to be honest. I don't think he's a catastrophic like failure of a defender. I think he's really athletic. He's athletic as all heck. Um, but I, a lot of them are, are at the plate. He would have to he'd have to do a lot offensively for me to to be more on board with that. Um, okay, let's keep the ball rolling here. Earmarking at bats for young players. That's a big New Year's resolution for me because it's something that was a really like hot button quote last year from Scott Harris. And I think there's some debate publicly about how true that ended up becoming uh, because Parker Meadows did not get an opportunity when most people thought he was ready. They waited on him until September. Uh, Colt Keith never got an opportunity. Uh, Winsiel Perez never got an opportunity. There was some injury stuff at the end of the year for him. Um, there was, I mean, Justin Henry Malloy never got his opportunity, right? There, there was, I mean, we were talking, you can go back and listen to the episodes from last spring training, right? And we were talking about Justin Henry Malloy being up in the majors by like May or June. The dude never made it at all. Uh, so, there's a lot of ear and and that's not to say there wasn't some on the opposite end either, right? Like it's it's there was never a doubt they were weren't going to, but like obviously Torque and Green got their ABs, uh Mayton and Veerling for whatever it's worth. I'm not sure those are like young players, they're just inexperienced players. I think there's a difference between those in my head, but they got their at bats. Um, it, Kerry Carpenter got his at bats. That was obviously a big one as well. So it's not to say that that it definitely didn't happen. It's just, I think they could have been more aggressive and, and more forward with the earmarking of at-bats for younger players. And I think that there's a new wave now that I really want to make sure have their at-bats. I will throw an absolute preschool-aged temper tantrum if Colt Keith is not getting legitimate playing time at the Major League level this year. Genuinely. Um I think he should be on the opening day roster. We'll see what he looks like in spring training. That's going to determine quite a lot as well, but I can't imagine he goes in there and just lays an absolute egg. Uh, I I think Colt Keith should be getting legitimate at-bats at the major league level this season. And I've made that very clear really since like September. The season was still going on and I made that clear. Uh, and I'm going to continue carrying that flag. Uh, I I mean, he, he – you – if you are truly putting the best player at each position in your entire organization on the field, I would love to know who is has a higher ceiling and has a better potential at second base in this entire organization at any level than Cold Keith. I don't think there's anybody. So he's a big one. Um, but I also think if Jace Young is hitting and defending well, that you should give him a legitimate opportunity at third base. Uh, but we kind of talked about that. Earlier this weekend, last week, that's far from a guarantee. But if he's doing well, him. Um, Justin Henry Malloy, uh, for as much as I just talked about, or was it earlier this week or was it last week, where it's been a long week, <laughs> um, where uh, where I, I talked about how I'm not sure there's a clear path for Malloy to be on the Major League roster on opening day. That is not to say I don't want to see him at the Major League level. I think it would be a, a a failure, to be completely honest with you, if Justin Henry Malloy is raking again and has an OBP over 400 and an OPS over 800 in AAA and you just keep him down there again for an entire season. I think that would be uh, a disservice to not only the organization, but obviously to 
Malloy as well. And you have to find out where he slides in defensively. I I 100% agree with that. But you cannot just keep this dude putting up, you know, uh, again, like OBP's over 400 and OPS is in the mid-800s down there in Toledo just like forever because like you don't know where he's going to slide in. Uh, I think like obviously injuries are going to happen. Space is going to be created. I'm confident he's going to get that look, but that's another guy. Really want to see him uh, get some 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 at-bats at the major league level this year. Uh, Jackson Joe, we talked about. Now we're kind of overlapping the prospect episode we just did on Wednesday, so we can kind of move on here. But uh, I, I do, I, I really want to see, you know, Jackson Joe get some opportunities. I want to see Wilmer Flores come out of the pen at some point. Uh, I, I think that this is a year where you have created enough depth as to where your your depth is now your higher regarded prospects. And that's a good place to be in. That's a plus. I, I'm, I'm a fan of that. Because then if your legitimate, everyday, solidified major leaguers get hurt, you're filling them in with people that have high potential and that you think may be parts of the future and not just for a journeyman. I, I, I much prefer this. Okay, Depth is important. We talked about that with the Red Wings over the offseason on, on Lockdown Red Wings as well. They increased their depth so that their, their next in line was top prospects. Um, but... I, I also it, it's it's like another fine line to walk. Take a drink of apple juice every time I say fine line. Um, it, it's a fine line to walk. You don't want to completely roadblock them forever either. So I think earmarking some at bats for those younger players is another big one for me. The bullpen, uh, my, one of my biggest, genuinely, not I don't want to say my biggest New Year's resolution, but but one of my like very under the radar like bigger ones this year is finding a legitimate closer uh, or, or at least establishing some sort of game plan in the ninth inning. Uh, I I know that AJ Hinch isn't a guy to come out and be like, this is the closer, right? Uh, but I think right now, if you were to ask every fan of the Detroit Tigers or everybody who covers this team or everybody who follows this team, even people that are a part of the organization, I think if you asked most people, What's the plan in the ninth inning of a one-run game right now? You would get about 100 different answers, right? You'd probably still have some people that would be like, oh, you probably just have to go with Alex Lane. You'd have some people that would say Jason Foley. You'd have some people that want Tyler Holton. You have the the, the by-committee group, right, which I think is I think is where in December, which is very far away from the season, where I think AJ stands right now. There are so many different answers I, I want – some sort of clarity, even if it's not one person, just some sort of clarity on what the Tigers game plan truly is in the ninth inning of a close game. Because I think right now, again, it's December. We have plenty of time to figure it out. Uh, but as if the season started tomorrow, I don't know if there is one. <laughs> I really don't. And I think your bullpen has has improved. I am really excited about the bullpen. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we get closer to spring training for sure. I'm really pumped about this bullpen this year. I think that you added some nice pieces, Chafin and Miller. Uh, I think that you have some depth from starting pitchers that can give you some long relief. I'm pumped about Alex Fiedo being a true reliever finally for the first time in his career when he should have been five years ago. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about, I mean, Foley again, Maybe a, a, an offseason of Lang is good for him, right? Like Tyler Holton again, Chafin, et cetera. Like, I'm really excited 
about this bullpen, but when it comes to a peak, who is the highest leverage reliever on this baseball team right now? Right. Exactly. Who knows? Who's the number one option at high leverage? You improved the depth. You didn't improve the top end. And I think that it's that that's something that I really want some clarity on this year. Again, whether it ends up being by committee or one person, I don't really care. I just want some sort of answer on what we're going to do and, and what is working, right? It's one thing to just have a plan. It's another one for it to be a good plan. So I need I need some sort of, of good, working, well-executed plan in the ninth inning of a high-leverage uh, situation, okay? There's some individuals I want to talk about. I also want to talk about the development system, some things that I want to point out there that I would love to see improved. We will talk about all of those right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Your third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Also, be sure to check out Locked On Sports today. Locked On is uh, is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Okay, so... Talking about uh, some New Year's resolutions for the Detroit Tigers, things that uh, are decisions and conscious decisions that can, that can be made, and not just simply, you know, score more runs. Or, or I would like to see, you know, Riley Green stay healthy. Well, like we all would. I'm not really sure that that's something that's that's super controllable all the time. So I, I know some people are going to be like, stop diving for stuff. Sure, that can be your New Year's resolution, Riley Green. Please stop diving for balls. I, <laughs> I'm sure that that's going to be a decent amount of the crowds. Uh, reaction. So uh, just things that are that are controllable that I would like to see the Tigers uh, take a step forward in. Okay. Uh, the next one is going to be continued development on the offensive side of the ball. I've talked about this quite a few times on this show, uh, but this is really where uh, I think it's, uh, it's a good conversation to have, right? The pitching side, if you were to break down the, the, the an organization's development into four categories, and this is super like laxed and not how it works. I want to make that very clear. There is so much more nuance than just this. But for the sake of this exercise, just bear with me here. Let's say you break it down into four groups. You break you break development down into minor league hitting development, major league hitting development, minor league pitching development, major league pitching development. Okay. The Tigers have taken massive strides forward in minor league pitching development and in the Fetter era, major league pitching development. They've really checked those two boxes. We have a fantastic coaching staff at the major league level that has is continuing to reprove time and time again that they are legitimate uh, assets for this organization, legitimate forces throughout the rest of the league where they can get the most out of a starting pitcher. Okay. There's a laundry list of example these days of it. And that's awesome. The minor league pitching development. I also think has taken massive strides forward. We see Jackson Job. He was a higher pick. Okay. Let's talk, which like I'm saying that just to move on. If we went back and looked at receipts, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people uh, would, uh, would not be able to just say, Oh, he was a high pick. Of course he was going to be good. Cause uh, think about 70% of the fan base, was uh, was furious at the pick at the time. 
Um, and and uh, we're not having that conversation uh, again for the millionth time. But um, I, even if you just look at him and you go, oh, he was a you know high-end talent. He was a first-round pick, whatever. Wilmer Flores was literally undrafted. He was a, a, an undrafted domestic free agent. That like doesn't happen very often, right? Like there's, and it was in the weird year where there was only five rounds, and that's why it was a thing. But still, um, you don't see undrafted, right? Like the undrafted players you hear about are the international free agents. You don't hear about like undrafted draft eligible players that end up being top prospects very often. So uh, he is a a uh, he is one that that I think a lot of people are excited about. And just kind of like going down the list, right? Like Dylan Smith can't stay healthy, but when he has been healthy, he's been effective, right? Like there, there's there's a lot of examples in the minor leagues as well. On the offensive side of the ball, I think the minor league hitting development has improved greatly over the last two years. Uh, Colt Keith is obviously a great example. Kerry Carpenter is a great example. Justice Bigby is a great example. You are seeing more Parker Meadows. People forget, you know, for as much as he's just a pencil in or a pen in to be the starting center fielder on this team going forward. Least we forget when Parker Meadows was in high single A, like two at the beginning of two seasons ago, and people were like, this dude will never sniff the major leagues. He has an OPS of six something in single A ball. And he's just super fast and he's never going to amount to anything. Like th- this, this, this organization has taken massive strides in that department as well. Does massive strides mean, mean they're the best at any of these? No, there's always room for improvement. Um, but, the, but they have gotten much better. Major league hitting development is the kind of the, the, the biggest thing for me that I want to see continue to be improved. I think there's a lot of examples of players in this organization that um, got off to really hot starts or did really well in the minors and then got called up and kind of plateaued or didn't take continue taking strides forward, right? And I think that that is a big, big step to continue development. And again, like Spencer Torgelson was much better in year two than he was in year one. Riley Green, we're starting to see what he can do when he was pulling and elevating the ball. It's not to say that there, there's no examples, uh, right? Kerry Carpenter continued to do well. Like there's, It's not to say there's no examples of it, but in my eyes, that is like the glaring, if you were to rank how good the Tigers were in all four of those, the glaring last place uh, thing in those four. So, that is something that I want to continue to see improve as well. Major league hitting development of young players. I want players to continue to improve once they hit the majors and not just be like, okay, I got here and kind of plateau. Because there's plenty of examples of that happening as well. Okay. Um, let's just go over some individuals that I have some resolutions on. Um, one of my big ones is Miguel Diaz. I have been the biggest Miguel Diaz fan I know for the last two years. Uh <laughs> I uh, I guess probably closer to a year and a half than two years. I was a big fan of him going into spring training. He had a zero ERA in spring training last year. I was really a big advocate for him making the major league roster. He didn't uh, in AAA. AAA was kind of a launching pad offensively this past season as well. Um, but his numbers weren't fantastic, but he was getting swings and misses and whatnot. Got called up for September, was fantastic. And not only was he fantastic, he was opening games. That's a big responsibility. He was in high leverage over dudes that were like established, right? Like that's a big thing. We talked about it at the time. And and I I mentioned something along the lines of, you know, look at the situations in which AJ uses these relievers. That will tell you all you need to know about his confidence, obviously, in them. 
And Miguel Diaz was used in decently high leverage situations and, again, in openings. And uh, he had a zero ERA for the first, like, two or three weeks after he got called up, right? Like, he was, I think it was two weeks. He, he was good, and that, that splitter changeup thing he's got going on I think is a legitimate pitch. Uh, I am a huge fan of Miguel Diaz. I am thrilled that he has made it through uh, this, all the like cuts and 40-man and, and roster adjustments that have happened so far and that he's still here. I believe he's out of options, so if he doesn't make the major league roster on opening day, he's going to have to clear waivers, and I can't imagine he would make it through. Um, so there's still I'm still not like fully confident he's going to be on the organization throughout the year this year. Um, but I'm very glad that he's still here, and my resolution would be to put him on the roster and give him an opportunity at the major league level. If it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out, and and, and I'm still going to be a big fan of his, uh, but uh, a guy who has struggled to be a legitimate major leaguer throughout his career is going to maybe continue to struggle. Great, but I think he deserves an opportunity at least, um, and, and maybe that picture will become clear early on in spring training, and we won't even have to make it to it. He either like really blows up and struggles in spring training, or he has another zero ERA. Who knows? But um, he's a guy that I really want to see get more of a legitimate opportunity to make a difference there. Uh, Alex Fiedo, another big one for me. Please, my New Year's resolution is just on my hands and knees begging for them to use Alex Fiedo as a pure reliever. That is like maybe, what again, one of my biggest New Year's resolutions here. I think he can be so good as a multi-inning reliever. I think he can be so good. Could you imagine your starter goes five innings, Alex Fiedo goes two to three innings, right? Faces everybody in the lineup once when he was really good last year. And then when the lineup turns over, you go to then he's the perfect bridge to the back end of your bullpen. He could be unbelievably valuable for this team at his best. That's another big one for me as well. We kind of already talked about some of the kids there uh, and, you know, like getting them an opportunity. Um, I think, I mean, Dylan Dingler getting an opportunity this year at the major league level, similar conversation. I, I believe he will. I don't think Carson Kelly and Jake Rogers are going to say hundred percent healthy for all 162 games. That doesn't really happen very often behind the plate. So I'm sure he'll get an opportunity and he's the only other catcher on the 40 man roster. Um, what else that might be close to it. I would love to see Winsteel Perez get an opportunity this year. Like a lot of these are just like seeing more of what we have in some of these guys. Parker Meadows being the center fielder. I don't think anyone's going to raise a fuss about that. I think that's pretty much it. A lot of pitching stuff. A lot of pitching stuff. And then just giving people, you know, more opportunities. But I would love another move as well. Would love another move. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back. The plan is on Monday. Plan is on Monday. If you don't get one on Monday, don't be you know shocked. You'll get one uh, probably Tuesday, or maybe we'll just do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't really know, but the plan right now is still Monday, Wednesday, Friday next week. So we'll be back then. All right. I appreciate y'all. Please let me know your uh, New Year's resolutions for the Detroit Tigers. Would love to go through some of those. Um, and yeah, another year in the books, man. I appreciate y'all so much for uh, for the support on this show. It means the world to me. Uh, to do this. This is, you know, my favorite thing ever. Just talking, talking ball, talking about the Tigers specifically with a bunch of great people. So I appreciate you all so, so much, genuinely. Um, yeah, man. On to, on to uh, calendar year three. So thank you. Thank you all. 
Appreciate it. We'll be back on Monday, I think. Peace and love going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.